Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the family minister at St. Paul's Episcopal Cathedral in San Diego. Maya, you're back. I'm so excited. So fun. I'm back. What? Maya's back. Back again. <laughs> uh, so glad you're back, Maya. Maya, would you tell us just about what's going on in your life? Tell the people they want to know what's happening with you. What's your context? Ooh. What's your life like? My today? context, yes. I am a senior at San Diego State. This is my first year being on campus because I transferred during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So that's been so fun feeling like a freshman when I'm 22. But uh, <laughs> it's been cool. Um, and currently with our family ministry, I've been just really excited about what we've been doing and there's been a lot of those little God moments and I'm feeling good, feeling good about life. Yeah. It's good stuff. (laughs) So good. Feeling good. Feeling great. Uh, speaking of God moments, Maya, you know, when we have a guest on, as you know, since you invented the podcast with me, uh, (laughs) we often ask, uh, if our guest could share a sighting of God from the week, maybe a God moment, if you will. So would you share with us the place you saw or felt God this past week? Yeah, for sure. So for those that don't know, at St. Paul's, we have a a prairie ground. And I wish I could take credit for that pun, but I cannot. And it's a soft space in our nave um, in the front left side. And I love it. It's like one of my favorite things about my job every Sunday. It just really fills my cup being there with the kids we stay there for the entire service, and we have our children's formation programming after um, our 1030 service. And what I like to do is um, during, like, the Eucharistic prayers, I like to go and take the kids up to the, the front center part of the cathedral, or, yeah, the nave, um, right in front of the chancel center aisle, just sit down, and so they can get an up-close look at what's going on. And honestly... Highly recommend. (laughs) 10 out of 10. Watching kids experience the Mm. Eucharist like that will make you fall in love with it all over again. Mm. Truly. Mm -hmm. And we have this little playset. It's like literally the best $16.99 ever spent. Um, And it's it's like a little cardboard, like my little mass (laughs) playset. And it has all these different pieces from um, like the Eucharistic table. You know, you have your your Patton and your Lovado. It's really cute. Um, there's some Catholic pieces in there that we don't use a whole lot of. but <laughs> um, And so in this moment, there was this, this girl that was watching it very intently. And after the faction of the bread, um, she also lifted up the bread. Like, I love it when they mimic the motions with their mass play set as the priest. And it just made me shudder. Like, it gave me goosebumps. This little girl um, watching Penny, our dean, on the, at the altar and her mimicking and wanting to be there, to be like that, and, and holding up the bread, uh, the cardboard host in her hand <laughs> with such conviction and such, uh, yeah, like, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And it felt really cool. Mm-hmm. So cool. So cool. Uh, 
Maybe we could put a link to my little mass playset in the description. I was. We both wrote it down. I was uh, laughing as Maya was talking. We both made the note. We're uh-huh. like my little mass playset. Um, thank you, Maya. That's so cool. Uh, and we would love to hear from you all, as we do every week. Uh, any of your God sightings? Uh, maybe any cool things you do in your congregation during church for kids or for mm-hmm. you, whatever you uh, love about your liturgy, your worship. You can also email us uh, or send us any of your questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection. You can email us at faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, myfaith2go.org, or you can direct message us or tag us on Instagram at faith2go. And now, speaking of ways you can get in contact with us, we have a message from who else but Hannah Wilder. The uh, Reverend The Hannah Reverend Wilder. Hannah Wilder mm-hmm. on Instagram with a little message from our uh, conversation about uh, Bartimaeus from a couple weeks ago. Yes. And Hannah wrote to us on Instagram and she had a third point or at least a an item to highlight from our conversation on Bartimaeus. And it was, I think another point about this week's gospel is that there is no word for beggar in the Hebrew. If Bartimaeus' family were taking care of him the way the Talmud instructs, then he would have to be- wouldn't have to beg. He is the outcast, and he knows who Jesus is. He knows the truth. She goes on to say, mm. great podcast this week, as always. Oh, thanks, Hannah. That's so nice. Hannah will be on again soon, I hope. Um, again, any commentary that you have, stories, questions? Please send them to us like Hannah does on Instagram or in any of those other ways. We'd love to hear from you. All right. And now we are going to get into our gospel discussion for this, uh, the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, Sunday, November 7th, proper 27 in year B. Charlotte's going to read it and then we'll discuss it. We'll each highlight a point. It's from Mark chapter 12, verses 38 to 44. As Jesus taught, he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything that she had, all she had to live on. So, uh, we're still in chapter 12. We just skipped one little section between last week and this week, uh, which was a conversation Jesus is having essentially with himself Mm. with the scribes there about uh the messiah and if the messiah is the son of david and then so like kind of as he's standing there with the scribe who he just said you are not far from the kingdom of god he then goes on to say beware of the scribes Mm -hmm. so maybe a little awkward situation don't know jesus doesn't really care and uh that's where we are so this is the end of chapter 12 and chapter 13 uh, continues with Jesus in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So that's the context for this week. And Charlotte has the first point. Yes. 
I have the first point, and actually I'm going to kind of continue the conversation about scribes, but perhaps in a different way, because I was really thinking about the scribes that are mentioned in this week's gospel, but also, as David mentioned in his context, how the scribes were considered in last week's lectionary, um, the gospel reading that we had from there. So we have a scribe approach Jesus last week, and he wants to know what the greatest commandment is, and then he echoes it back to Jesus, and Jesus says, you are not far from the kingdom of heaven. And now here we are a whole week later, although in the gospel it was the same period of time, and the reflection in this one is this cautionary language about scribes, and it talks about them in a pretty descriptive way. It says, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. We'll stop there for now. Because I think that what I identify in this, and it's a challenging place to identify, is our own desire to be treated with respect, to be given honorifics, um, to find, you know, that we get the best muffin at the at the <laughs> <laughs> at the coffee table, right? That someone's like, oh, this is yeah. the best piece, mm-hmm. David. You have the double chocolate chip mm. muffin. Thank you. And then you feel special and you feel honored mm-hmm. and your your value feels larger, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have been given this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's a natural thing as a human being to want. It's a natural thing as a scribe to want. The challenge becomes when we get caught up in it, mm-hmm. when our it separates us from God in the way that what we want is all of these things that increase our perception of our own worth and value, that we need the fancy robes, that we need the double chocolate chip muffin, that we need the free coffee at Starbucks, whatever it is that we need in order to have our own value be perceived as such, um, it separates us from the work that we're actually supposed to be doing for the kingdom. And it goes on to say, almost as though those were gateway actions, right? Like that getting the robes and all of those things were the gateway, because then the scribes, they devour widows' houses for the sake and for the sake of appearances, say long prayers. So they're out. Now it's gone from not just receiving these honors being lauded, but now it has turned into consumerism Mm -hmm. that they have now consumed a wizard a widow's house and this word is a harsh word devoured is a harsh word Mm -hmm. um we looked it up and it means to to consume all of something but that's not how it feels when you hear the word devoured devoured is the way in which you consume it at least for me when i read that word it is you know that something is in front of you and you are hand over hand Mm -hmm. shoving it into your mouth Mm -hmm. and you are making sure that nobody else can get their own little grubby fist in there to grab a morsel of what it is that's on the plate because you have devoured it and what they have devoured is not the double chocolate chip muffin Mm -hmm. it is this widow's home And what that says about the way we treat people who have need is challenging, right? Because it's really easy to identify ourselves in the story as the bystander that Jesus is whispering to and is speaking of the scribes about and be like, oh, those scribes over there, you know, beware of them. But what about if Jesus is talking about us? 
What about if we are the scribes that are sitting over there? What about if we are the people who have gotten so caught up in our own value and securing our own place in this world that we are the ones that are inflicting harm on others? And I've wrestled with this all week because you and I talked about it a couple of days ago. And I keep coming back to the consideration of what are the places in which I have been trying to be good because I do think that the scribes want to be good. I think that, you know, they want to follow the laws. They've spent their whole lives studying them. Mm -hmm. And that I have instead begun to inflict harm. Yeah. And that's a hard place to sit in, right? Like that's a hard place to sit in. Mm -hmm. And yet I think that part of wrestling with the gospel means wrestling with those hard things ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so hard to recog- have the self-awareness of when we move from like, when we move into inflicting harm like passively mm-hmm. on other people. And this is, they've gotten to an extreme of pretty actively inflicting harm, but there's like, there's like small steps you take to get there. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> Scribes aren't just a bunch of sociopaths. Right. They're like, they're, they like started off with a, with a vocation, mm-hmm. you know, to do this thing. And it's become this. And it's like, again, like of all the people that should know the, the laws and commandments about how you take care of widows, it's the scribes. And so Jesus is also being like the people that are supposed to know that we're supposed to protect and take care of these, this group of people in our community. They are actively hurting them. Mm-hmm. This is how bad things have gotten, you mm-hmm. know. So it's not just about like making the scribes the bad guy. It's being like, where have we all come to? Yes. What has what has our community come to when this is what's happening? Uh, and again, that's kind of like the difference between saying there's a problem with this person mm-hmm. and saying there's a systemic issue that we need to fix because the one with the problem with the person makes it much more of kind of like a scapegoat thing. Right. And the problem with the community is we all are, are responsible for changing how this is happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's just well, a really good question individually. Like when, when are we starting to slide into that kind of destructive behavior? Cause we all have the capacity to do that. Right. And also to like piggyback on what you said, what systems that were designed to help and to heal and to support have instead become harmful Mm -hmm. and what is our role in fixing that Mm -hmm. and maya you've got the next point yeah absolutely um i just wanted to express some discomfort um dis-ease about how or unease dis-ease no um (laughs) about how this story in particular has been utilized in the church um, to kind of guilt people into tithing, uh, to really exploit the poor. Um, we see this a lot with like the prosperity gospel, but I also don't want to disown or detach myself or my tradition or my church from that legacy, from that tendency to say like, oh, well, these churches over here, you know, we think of like the prosperity gospel preachers like Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Copeland or whoever, but we, I feel like it is utilized in more subtle contexts as well um, of, of the widow gave what she could and she's poor. So you too should also give of what you have um, that you should, it, it doesn't matter or like you should ignore 
the the fundamental needs you might have in order to give because God will reward you or it's just a virtuous thing to do. And yeah, I'm not done with that. I don't think that's great. Um, and so I was just, yeah, really kind of struggling with that and trying to shift my focus from the uplifting the widow as the example, but rather not like a, like you said, David, it's not just like we're scapegoating this one group of people, but instead of giving from what we have out of scarcity, it's also a indictment on giving from not little, but not giving as is proportionate to our privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, because the dollar amount might be more, but it's just about like, are you taking into consideration your wealth and your privilege when you, when you give? Um, and I felt a little convicted, so to speak on that when I was reading this of like, what, like, for example, if I see a GoFundMe and I donate, like kind of interrogating the processes through which I do that, or like who's worthy of receiving my money and how much and like how I'm like, Oh man, like maybe I should not push myself to give more, but just examine of like, I can certainly afford it and all of that. So just kind of um, just shifting the gaze from using the example of the widow to guilt or exploit people and really kind of it being putting the scribe, so to speak, the architect, typal scribes in the hot seat mm-hmm. but like in a loving hot seat you know <laughs> like the hey <laughs> um let's do better hot seat right yeah very compassionate hot seat yeah 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 i think that actually goes well into my point because my i'm thinking in, along the same lines of like what is jesus what is the invitation that jesus is trying to extend beyond just you should give more money uh, which doesn't seem super helpful. Also doesn't, again, doesn't seem like kind of like Jesus having an eye on the systemic kind of change that we're talking about. And um, this word, when this the language in here is interesting because kind of like Maya was highlighting, uh, when it says that when Jesus is saying, when Jesus is comparing these two groups of people, this this poor widow and the rich people, he's saying that the widow gave out of her need. I think that's what it says. Mm-hmm. Um, and the poor widow has put in much more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. She, out of her poverty, has put everything she had. So she gave what she needed to survive. Mm -hmm. And in contrast, the rich people contributed, quote, out of their abundance. That's the translation in the New Revised Standard Version, which means in, like, if you look at the Greek, it's like the abundance is like the overflow. It's like the, the extra. It's like the leftover. It's like they're not dipping into their principle. They're giving out of the interest, you know? And so it's like they're giving a percentage of what they don't really need to survive. Mm -hmm. And the widow is giving 100% of what she needed to survive. And what the widow is doing then is, to me, Jesus is, is highlighting this disparity in wealth. He's highlighting kind of the disparity in the the spirit of giving and in the approach saying like the rich people give 
the rich their wealth has made it made them believe that they're that they are independent of this community and of one another that they are separate from the widow that the widow is not their responsibility and the widow is living into the reality that she needs the community to take mm -hmm. care of her and so she not only does she need the community to take care of her she believes that it will and she's willing to contribute to the care of the other people in the community as well and the problem is that the widow is giving everything she has for the sake of the community and the wealthy people are taking as much as they can for their own wellness mm -hmm. and that's the that's the 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 basic foundation of the structural issue that Jesus is highlighting here and so it's not so much like every, it, in in a way it kind of is you can give more it's mm -hmm. kind of like can you give can you give but it's more like can you give in a way that makes you reliant on the community can you can you give so much that you are incorporated back into the life of the community that the wellness of the life of the community is important to you and affects you because when you are because what wealth because wealth gives us the ability to believe that we are separate and independent that what happens in the world what happens in the community around us doesn't affect us mm -hmm. it separates us and that to me is a is the greater condemnation you know and kind of the lived experience of it is that like I, what jesus is i see jesus saying here is like you can the widow is giving her way into community and wealthy people are trying to buy their way out of it but you can't buy your way back into the community you can give your way back into the community and like jesus i think is looking for that kind of interdependence that the wealth gap destroys mm. and um, asking the wealthy what would be what would it look like for you to give your way back into interdependence so well and as you were talking i found it really interesting in the reading of this the use of the word abundance and need because oftentimes we talk about abundance and scarcity and living into abundance and not living in a place of scarcity. And yet the word abundance is used in relationship to the people that have given, they have contributed out of their abundance and the widow out of her poverty, right? Which is abundance and scarcity. Right. And yet she gave from her abundance right. and they gave out of scarcity yeah. or took or kept for themselves. <laughs> it's not that they gave out of scarcity. It's that they kept for themselves because they were living in a place of scarcity. Mm -hmm. It kind of goes back to that phrase of like that, like I dream of a world where everyone has enough because nobody has too much. Right. And so it's kind of like, that's what a abundance mindset is. Whereas if you're living in scarcity, even if you have abundance, it's like, I need to hold on to this. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's like just, it's like it's not a coincidence that this is part of that story of the scribe asking Jesus what the greatest commandment is cuz Jesus just keeps being like how he's like you want to know how you love your neighbor? Well, let's look at this thing. How about you actually just follow some of the commandments <laughs> that you were asking me about like 10 minutes ago, you know? Like there like like that whole thing that we talked about last week about like uh 
when Jesus was referring to the love your neighbor as yourself, and it was like within the context in Leviticus of like how you take care of your neighbor, the alien in your the like per the outsider in your community, the foreigner, the like not take not picking all the fruit so that people can come and have some. You know, it's like that is a communal responsibility mm-hmm. for one another, and Jesus is like, look how far we've come from that that you're devouring even the little bit that widows still have. And they're still giving as if you're taking care of them. And you're not. You're failing. Mm -hmm. You're failing the people that have put their trust in you. And that is really, that's the crux of it still. How are we failing people? How are are the wealthy institutions and people completely failing those who are still putting their trust in institutions and people? So... Okay, that was our three points. Um, point number one was uh, Charlotte's. And it was about the scribes thinking about ourselves, uh, the ways that the scribes have like slowly slipped into causing harm and wondering how we're doing the same thing in all these areas of our life. Maya's was number two, thinking about just like pushing back against the kind of interpretation of this story as just guilting people into giving more and trying to think about you know different ways to interpret what jesus is asking about kind of systemic change and highlighting the the gaps in wealth between these two people and mine uh followed from that thinking about uh, the ways that that jesus is really in telling the story and highlighting this reality trying to invite people into this sense of communal wellness of interdependence and responsibility for one another that in the scribe you know he's kind of uh highlighting how that has been lost and trying to figure out how we we see that being lost in our communities as well so having heard those three points uh we'd invite you to read that gospel again uh and also to share with us any of your stories or questions or comments Maybe your third point from the gospel or fourth point, (laughs) whatever your point is, could be the 500th point. That would be great. That's a lot of emails. Um, You can uh, get in contact with us in a lot of different ways. You can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, myfaith2go.org. Or you can direct message us or tag us on Instagram at faith2go. We are still uh, running our survey to get some feedback from you all about how you're using faith to go what you'd like to see from faith to go as an offering in the future that maybe we don't have yet. We would love to hear from you. You can uh, find a link to that survey in the description to this podcast. Just scroll down. There's a link right there. You can click on it. Do it on your phone. You could do it on your computer, whatever you'd like. Uh, it's really quick, like five minutes. You don't have to answer all the questions. Just answer some of the questions or all of them, whatever. We just want to hear from you uh, and plan accordingly for the future. And we will be back next week. Uh, thank you again to Maya, little Sonia, so rep- representing Maya. San Diego State University slash St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. You're the best, Maya. Thank you for being here. I love being here. I'm really happy to be back. So thank you for having me. And Charlotte and I will be back, uh, hopefully with another guest next week for uh, proper 28 in year B, uh, the week leading up to Sunday, November 14th. And until then, we all say goodbye. Goodbye, Bye, everybody. everybody.